Welcome to Politics and Right. This is Egberto Willis, your host. Don't forget, 713-526-5738. Option one to donate. Option two to talk on air. Let's get busy with the program. Anyhow, folks, here is the deal. Uh, I got up and um, when it when was it? Two, two nights ago, I started to watch CNN and listen to Donald Trump. And as I was listening to Donald Trump, you got all the deja vu of 2016. And let me tell you that w- w- what I did in 2016. In, 20, I, I, uh, in 2016, I was a uh, front page uh, contributing editor, editor to Daily Coast. And I wrote this article that said Donald Trump could win. And I said what Donald Trump was doing was triangulating the policies that people want, even as we understood what he was all about, what, you know, everybody deep, deep on the inside knew what he was all about. But he perfectly united the angst of some in this country that they that they're losing their, 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 their birthright to those others. And at the same time, he provided this message that said, all those things that you want, I'm going to give you. And I showed in the article that most Americans are progressive. Donald Trump, back in the days before he was a politician, pretty much supported progressive policies as well. I mean, he doesn't really know these words, but he supported progressive policies. And in the, uh, as he supported these policies, as he started to run and he ran for a Republican, he said, uh, and not in these words, but he said he was, he, he was going to run as a Republican pretty much because it's easier to herd Republicans is what, he, is what he inferred. And what he meant is that he could create a narrative in such a manner that people believe, one, that there are all these others coming to take their birthrights away. And number two, for those that he had to go one step further, he could point out that, hey, guys, I'm a Republican and these are the policies I stand for. And I'm not going to tell you that these policies are progressive because you purportedly don't like progressive policies, even though 60 to 80 percent of Americans like progressive policies. That's what he was going to say out there. And it, it proved the, the, the election of 2016 proved that most Americans did not fall for it. I repeat, most Americans did not fall for it. In fact, Hillary Clinton won the election, the popular vote, by 3 million or so votes. But what happened is that in select locations, and anybody who maps the United States of America, if you do a map of the United States of America, you can figure out the minimum amount of people you need to win, even not getting a majority of the voters, because they're just select districts and select states. If you win those states, you can win the Electoral College. And that's all Donald Trump had to do. And the math is already there. Gerrymandering has already been used in both the Dem- for both Democrats and Republicans alike, although in these days it more harms Democrats because of the way the country is laid out. I mean, something like California has uh, so many more people packed into a district than, let's say, uh, Montana or these other states. And still, so those states get an overperformance in the Electoral College. I, I want you all to understand this because this is very important for why there is a huge danger in 2024. For, their, for those who don't want Donald Trump, there's a huge danger in 2024. Because now, if you go ahead and do the math, the math still in a close election, the map still favors Republicans in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Tennessee. Well, Tennessee is always going to be a red state for the foreseeable future. Pennsylvania also uh, a few other states as well. And the, the, if you take a look at what occurred in the CNN debate, what Donald Trump 
did. Everybody knows Donald Trump is a liar. Everybody knows he's lying about something. But you know who are extremely upset in this country? The group of folks that are very, very upset in this country for what they see happening to them personally. They don't give a hoot that Donald Trump lies a lot. They don't give a hoot that Donald Trump has sexually assaulted women. They don't give a hoot that he's robbed those folks who went to, to uh, Trump University or any of these issues. They are just wanting to stick it to those, those others. And they know that sticking it to those others uh, means Donald Trump. And how do you mitigate that, though? But before, you know what? Before I go and talk about mitigating this, I want to let you hear, because for, for all the Democrats out there and the independents out there and the progressives out there that believe, look, stop thinking about uh, Biden's age. Stop thinking about Biden not being so smooth. Stop thinking about all these issues. After all, his policies that I've gone through so far are really helping most Americans, which is true. The policies that he's gotten through so far really made the, the recession much, rather the coming out of the pandemic much less than it would have been had it been, let's say, the policies of Donald Trump because of the, because of the starving policies that he would have released. It made this recovery that much quicker, that much more robust. Now, all that is true, but still, in the last ABC, I think it's the ABC Ipsos poll, when asked who was better on the economy and would be better on the economy, Donald Trump came in at 50-something percent and, Don, and Joe Biden came in at 36 percent. There are several reasons for this. There are several reasons for those kinds of numbers. One, poor marketing, and also the perception that was allowed to fester on the current president. I'm going to talk about how this happens and why it happens uh, just based on me living in, in, in Houston in a very conservative enclave. But beforehand, what I want to do is I want to play what Jen Psaki had to say after she watched the, what I call the debacle on CNN. I think I have that queued up. I want you to listen to this and then let's take it on the other side. I did not watch the entire CNN last night with Trump. And the reason why I eventually stopped was I was pretty upset because I saw exactly where it was going. I saw how the crowd was responding, a decidedly Republican crowd. I saw the, the way the questions were asked. I also saw the way Trump responded to it. I also noticed how the, the interaction and the command of, of the stage. I saw all of that. And I, I just left and said, the media is doing it again. The media is giving him a platform again. And I don't want to give the host uh, a hassle because she is following journalistic principles as we uh, as they learned it in school. And I, I, I really understand where they're coming from. She did push back, etc. But Donald Trump dominated the stage and the, the, the frequency of lies, every single sentence, the frequency of lies. I mean, it's hard to, uh, to fact check that in real time. These time, types of town halls shouldn't be a question answer. It should be a question. He lies and you said, Donald Trump, you are lying. And here is the, that is the way you have to deal with a chronic liar. So I really uh, liked what Jen Psaki had to say here because uh, Democrats are thinking too, too they, they are of the belief that Trump is going to be easy to beat. The truth of the matter with the several dynamics I saw him play there, and I'll discuss that later on, but he, he played a lot of dynamics in there that could fuse a winning coalition. He could fuse a winning coalition by 
simply working on the grievance of just about every particular group. But anyhow, listen to what Jen Psaki had to say, and then we'll take it on the other side. The White House does not want to deal with the headache that was or or perhaps further expose people to the nightmare that was President Trump spouting lies um, largely uncensored for 75 minutes. Is that I mean, is that part of a campaign strategy? Talk to me about there are no accidental decisions in something like that. What do you think that represents? That's true. And now I want to know more about that. But I would say, Alex, they don't, from the officials I still talk there, and I do stay in touch with a number of my former colleagues, they don't underestimate Trump. When there was a whole theory of, oh, Trump would be the easiest to run against. Oh, Biden would clean his clock. That was not something I ever heard from a former colleague over there. They ran against him before and he almost beat Biden. So they are not the ones in my experience or from my engagements with them who need a kind of a wake up call. I will say that given tonight was one of Trump's biggest returns to the national stage in a while, it should be a pretty big wake up call for Democrats. I mean, he he lied about a lot of things. He said some crazy things like the country could default. He couldn't answer whether he would sign an abortion ban. Maybe he's on the side of Russia. Uh, he said lots of crazy things about January 6th. All of that is true. But he also had a command of that town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. And he has the evil charisma that people can hate, but it is happening. And hopefully it was a wake up call for people out there about the reality that this guy is currently on the path to be the nominee and to maybe likely give the president a run for his money. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right about the evil charisma. He was owning the room and perhaps more disturbingly, the room was eating it up. Uh, well, that right? was the most disturb. I mean, there was a lot of disturbing, but the laughing uh, when there were insane things, offensive things, things about Eugene Carroll being said, the laughing in the room, that was disturbing. Uh, you know, and the fact of the matter is, as we talk about the evil charisma, Trump's owning of the room, the audience lapping it up, this could be a summer of criminal indictments against the president. Mm-hmm. And as devastating as that should be for anybody who can, is concerned about the state of our democracy, it could also weirdly strengthen Trump. And I wonder for from amongst his people, from a Biden standpoint, what is your sense of how the White House talks about potential criminal yeah. indictments, how much they wade into that? Mm-hmm. Well, there is a tradition, as you know, Alex, of not weighing in on criminal indictments, and they're going to try to abide by that is my bet. That becomes harder and probably less strategically to their advantage if there's an indictment on January 6th on the Georgia case you were just talking about. These are fundamental values, defense of democracy. They're going to have to find a way to talk about it. They don't have to comment on the case, but it is about values, what you're trying to defend and and the contrast between the two candidates. So yeah, I think it changes a little bit if there are other indictments on these other issues. Do you think President Biden is ready to go ham? Because it feels like he's going to need to do that. Ready to go ham? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to rephrase for those of you not following along at home, but is he ready to throw punches because it feels like Trump is in the ring? I think so. He did in 2020. I think he has to be. The other thing, though, to remember here is it's probably not going to be won or lost on fact checking. It's probably going to be on fighting about the issues, abortion access, democracy, the economy that helped him win in the first time. So I think he's going to be very specific about where he throws his punches. So Jensaki is... Yeah. And it, oops, uh, I, I cut that off a little bit early, uh, but Jen Psaki is absolutely right. Right. I mean, uh, none of none of the, the, the fact checking and all of that. It's great for those of us who are really into what we're talking about here and we who are really into politics, et cetera. But what these polls are starting to show and and and, and it's you one would never believe this. Five years ago, 10 years ago, that somebody could have been indicted, about to be indicted, uh, found liable, not convicted, but found liable of, uh, you know, something like uh, something otherwise. I mean, it, it is when you take a look at that. And the poll numbers are where they are. It ought to be concerning. And it's uh, and and not only concerning but worrisome because again you know people talk about 
uh, Donald Trump is at its at its high limits now that he cannot gain anybody else. I don't know uh, what politics tells anybody that who says that. The truth of the matter is, no, he does have growth potential. I, I heard on Morning Joe, uh, well, you know, even as the polls look very bad for Senor Biden right now, uh, they are either showing Biden and, and, and Trump in a statistical heat or Trump is slightly ahead if the election were held today. But don't worry. Trump is at his peak. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's a lot of work that those who want another option, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And the reason this work has to be done is because of the, the exact manner in which the right wing seeds America. And I'm going to talk about how the right wing seeds America in a minute. But before I get into that, I need to ask you all that are listening to either call 713-526-5738, extension number one, to contribute, which we need your contributions now to keep these programs on air. Extension number two, if you have something you'd like to add to the discussion today, whether you want to talk about what we are talking about now, or maybe you want to add something else. 713-526-5738. One more time, 713-526-5738. Be a part of the discussion. Give us a call now, both to contribute and to, to go ahead or and or to come on air. You can also contribute right away by going to kpft.org, kpft.org, and click the donate button. Please do remember, uh, as you make your selection as how much you're given and what you want as a gift, to put Politics Done Right as the program you're supporting as you contribute to KPFT. kpft.org, kpft.org. Look, folks, anybody who gives, uh, first of all, you can give any amount that you want, any amount we want. If you give $40, um, and again, you don't have to pay this all at once. You can have it monthly, however you want. But if you give $40, you become a voting member of the Pacifica Network and the KPFT program, both of them. Numero dos, if you give $100, we will give you a t-shirt, you, or you can ask for the t-shirt, the Politics Done Right t-shirt with the KPFT logo on it, as well if you give $250 or above, I'll take you to coffee. We'll personally meet, sit down, and chat politics, whatever type of politics you want to chat about. We will discuss it. And by the way, for all of you who don't quite know me yet, I go out with Republicans, Democrats, Independents, and every single time we generally have great talks and, you know, no... <laughs> Look, the idea is behind this program is we all live in one country. We all are going to be together irrespective. So why not all really get along and why not try to find the things we love about each other as opposed to the things we hate about each other, which we shouldn't really hate about each other, right? So that is 713-526-5738, extension number one to donate extension number two to speak on air and by the way anybody who gives during this show and put 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 your support in uh, politics and right it's going to pop up on my screen here so that i can call you out and tell you thank you thank you so kindly for supporting this program thank you so kindly for supporting this program all right let me talk about how the difference between how Republicans, uh, or I should say the right-wing Republicans specifically, but the, the Republican media machine in general and the Democratic media ma machine in general. Um, I, uh, and I, I realized this uh, several, over a decade ago, as was a board member of the Coffee Party and saw how things worked in Washington, right? We collected all this uh, money from people to promote what we were doing, which means inform folks. To, we, we had a big thing on the mall in Washington, D.C. called, um, what was it called? Uh, 
it was a speak off. We had everybody come into, we had, I think signed up, we had like 3000 people signed up to be bused from all over the, not, not bus, but they came however they could from all over the country to Washington DC to be on the West Mall. We were going to put up, we had the whole stage set up. We, we paid consultants and all of that. It costed us over a hundred thousand dollars for a rally. And as we were sitting down, all of us on the board sitting down, going through the numbers and some of us were looking as like, why are we giving this consultant $16,000? Why are we giving this media person uh, $10,000? Why are we, those are the kind of costs that we we're talking about, right? Some of us who were, you know, looking at what, what contracts were signed and all of that to put these things out there. And then we realized that to some this stuff is a business. And I'm not, look, everybody have to eat and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, uh, we complain a whole lot about getting paid commensurate with the work that you do. For all practical purposes, the media that got out there was done from what I recorded, what Eric recorded, and a few others recorded, right? But we paid a media consultant $16,000. You know, so those are the kinds of things that do. And, and, and I realized, and by the way, this group was not a, what was a, it was, was a transpartisan group, but it was decidedly progressive. And I, I realized that for some reason, a lot of progressive organizations follow the same mantra that the democratic party follows. They hire a whole lot of consultants to go out and do the job. And these consultants generally, when you hear about these guys being in an ivory tower, I am telling you, these guys are in an ivory tower. They don't know what's happening to our brothers and sisters in the ghettos, the barrios and Appalachia. They sit down there and they calculate what they think America wants. They call people up and they get a poll and they try to adapt to what they're doing to a poll, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the difference between the right wing now, and I, I live in Kingwood. And I see how these things operate, man. They are in your churches. They are in the civic groups. They have the, the barbecue and the mall. They have all these things to have flesh and blood interaction with their pew. I call them pew, but I mean the people who they're talking to. So in as much as these policies doesn't favor most of these people that are voting for them, what starts to occur is that these people are an integral part of a community. They are much more a community. So when they go to the polls, they vote for their brother, their sister, their community friend, etc. So they invest their money in people. Uh, it sounds interesting, but their campaign monies, if you see where it goes, yes, it goes to consultants too. But a lot of it goes into the communities. The Democratic Party and the other progressive organizations, a lot of folks on the top, I mean, look at something like the Red Cross that's doing good, right? The person who heads the Red Cross get $500,000 and they get a few other people, a few pennies to, to do things here and there. Now, so we have the, uh, uh, the Republicans going ahead and, and doing that. But there's another magical thing that they do. I don't know if you watch your inbox, but when you watch your inbox, if you get on a list and it more likely than not, you are going to be on one of these lists. When you get on these lists, what happens? You get messaging day in several a day about what the, the, the lies about what Biden is doing to hurt you. You get these emails constantly and it's, it's bombarding and, Unanswered statements eventually becomes truth, however wrong in people's minds. So what you get is you start to hear all, you, you get your emails, you get your tweets, you get all these bits of information that's coming from all directions, the investment these guys make in media. And I don't mean traditional ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, and all these other medias. You don't have all those medias to con to that, that, the, that these people get into. They get into your Twitter feed. They get into your, your, your mail feed. They get into uh, think places you don't think they would. Flyers. All these things are done not during the election, not during the election, but continuously the investment is made. They have their, I mean, the Tea Party is big in Kingwood still. 
And when, uh, when Ted Cruz and all these guys come to Houston, they don't necessarily go to Houston proper. They go to these out, out pods in Montgomery County, Kingwood, and all these places where the Tea Party is very strong. And it's not strong because the people love the Tea Party. It's strong because they make themselves strong. How do they make themselves strong? They invest just a little bit of money into these organizations, right? These third-party organizations that are that are that the people know. I know. I personally know the Tea Party person who runs Kingwood. I personally know the Tea Party person who runs uh, stuff in, in in Montgomery County, etc. And he's very accessible to anybody, and he's there giving the stories. That's what I'm talking about. These folks engage the people. We engage, we go into the barrios and the ghettos and I don't even think we even touch Appalachia. We just seeded Appalachia, right? We go into these places when we want to vote and then we don't see folks and then we don't, we don't nurture folks. We don't nurture them into the other side is really making life very difficult for you. We don't do that. And when I say we, I'm talking about the Democrats. That is, I should be talking, I should be saying the Democrats don't do that, right? But host hat for a bit. Look, I'm a progressive person. Anyway, so, um, so these are the things that, that, that they do very well. That's the only way you get a criminal to be able to beat or to be even in the polls right now to have polls that are substantially higher than, than Biden, Donald Trump's polls substantially higher than Biden, even though Biden's economic success is unparalleled. And I am not even a great supporter of Biden. I am, a, you know, I am a, I'm a, I was a Bernie guy. I in the in the old days, I was a Bernie guy who went as a delegate to Philadelphia to support him. But Biden, his what he's accomplished economically, you ca- it cannot be argued. And w- when folks attempt to peg inflation on the amount of spending he he did. That's a fallacy. That's a narrative. I think uh, if you take a look at what Katie Porter, Representative Katie Porter put out there, it proves that, no, it isn't this overspending that causes inflation. Actually, inflation is caused when there are shortages and the shortages that we had, many of them were manufactured. The oil shortage was manufactured. We never had an oil shortage. Never. Not, even, not during the pandemic, not when we expanded after the pandemic. We never did. When Donald Trump goes out and talk about uh, we have shortages and, uh, 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 and all these issues went on CNN that went unrefuted, none of that was true. When they speak about supply chain issues, that was partially true for things like chips in cars and all of that because these guys that we support or uh, these business people decided to outsource all our chip making to, 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 to cities or to countries overseas, which means if there are pandemics, hurricanes or whatever, it affects the supply chain. But that's not for everything. But everything went up in price because the people who run the system could. That's not Biden's fault. That is the economic system's fault that we've allowed to fester. Right. So so none of so none of these things are really cared for appropriately by the people in power. So the, the highlight that's coming that somehow, somehow Biden is going to just run away with this thing. The infrastructure that's needed to, to convince people, it's just not there. It's just not there. Um, Jack, go ahead and uh, make your comments, sir. Is Jack here? Hey, he's here. We got to rush over to the mic. Oh, okay. Ten can over here. Yeah, uh, O'Hara. He's he he's the Professor Frankenstein of Ten Can, and he's birthed a beautiful Frankenstein baby here. Oh Lord! Uh, yes, he has. Yes, he has. Talk to me, Jack. Let me get better. Okay, he's got to get his headphones on so he can hear. Oh, you. Jack is still trying to get his headphones on. Okay, I I That's thought Jack right. well, was. <laughs> I was talking without headphones. Okay. Uh, 713-526-5738. Option one, to, don- to donate. Option two, to call in and talk. Uh, as, far, as far as Trump goes, you know, if they don't 
get him elected. Plan B, I believe, is gun violence in the streets. And, you know, they'll install him as a dictator. You know, if the Republicans stand his childish antics, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a Trump fan. And like you say, you know, Biden works for the same master, basically. Uh, You know, I, I believe that the. The, the the Democrats should put their best talent to work. The progressive Democrats are the ones that have all the ideas and, you know, want to help the people and do things for the people. This this right side, corporate side of the Republicans is just, you know, they're giving the power to the corporation more than the people, you know, I, I mean, that's that's the way I'm seeing it. Well, Jack, it's really all about money. Yes. You know, it, it's it, you just follow the money. It doesn't make any difference whether it's Democrat or Republican. It's money. Money runs everything. And you nailed fact, it. Runs, runs us, too. Unfortunately, it's, it's one of those things where we're slaves to money. And, you know, you have to have it. We live in a world where you have to have survival. Even if you're just surviving, you still have to have money. So we got a caller uh, getting ready to go on here, Egberto. Well, that, that, that is great. Now, I want, want to tell you, you, you nailed it when you say it's about the money and the money applies to both sides. But there are, there are good people that, yes, we, we have to survive on money. I mean, even KPFT here, we are asking for money. And by the way, folks, call 713-526-5738, extension number one for contribution, or go to kpft.org and hit that donate button. We need you to do that as soon as you can. And by the way, folks, we will announce your name in uh, on, on, uh, on air uh, as soon as that pops up on my screen. But Right now, we are we have not received for this morning, and you know how our quota, our daily quota is two fifty, and we're behind by about a couple days. Anyhow, let's go ahead and bring Brother Johnny into the fold. Johnny, how are you All doing, right, sir? Let's see what Brother Johnny's doing today here. All right, you're Johnny, on, you Johnny. Should, you should. Yes, I am on, and I can verify because I heard a sound. Thank you for well, I'm listening to you this morning, and all of a sudden, my mind went back to when I was 10 years old, in 1969, when we went to my cousin's house to watch the moon uh, shot on their color TV. <laughs> that turned out to be a disappointment in a way. <laughs> yeah, but when we saw the rocket take off, we saw that in living color. And I remember seeing a big, gigantic, white metal cylinder pass in front of the camera, and gigantic all-cap letters, U-S-A in red, mm. as it passed in front of the camera. And that was the first time I felt in a couple of years proud to be an American. Imagine mm-hmm. that, a 10-year-old who has been uh, felt alienated from his own country by the time you're 9 or 10 years old. And then, then it hit me again. Maybe we're missing the mark in dealing with Republican voters. Maybe. We need to start relating to them as 10-year-olds, because as you and I both know, a lot of 9- and 10-year-olds, by the time you get to be that age, you've pretty much figured out who the people, the honest dealers are, and who the people are that you can't trust. For example, before I was 10 years old, maybe when I was in the second or third grade, even though I didn't pay attention to the news every day, I could hear Republicans on the radio or see them on TV, and I realized, oh, those are the bullies. Those are the bad guys. And without even having to explain further than that, and that turned out to be true when I got older, looking back. So how do we relate to them now, to the the 10-year-old bullies who are 40 years old and 50 years old? You remember when uh, Donald Trump had just won the nomination uh, going into the 2016 election? Do you remember the camera sitting on the, the floor of the Republican convention? And showing this half a dozen of uh, white male, beer-bellied Republicans, 56-year-olds, some with beards, and they were all disheveled-looking. Their jeans were sloppy and roomy and wrinkled, and they were all looking at each other and looking around. They didn't know what to do next. And I said, holy crap, we're in trouble. These people are the same people I saw gathered in front of in, in 
front of the uh, stage to see Donald Trump speak, and they all looked at each other with anticipation, like little young school children at a rock concert, uh, smiling at each other and all this stuff. That anticipation we saw still in these adults right now after Donald Trump had already been in office. So how do we deal with, and don't forget, the future Republicans, they have kids, and their kids can pretty much figure out right from wrong if they don't get browbeated by their parents too much. Uh, could you remember that three-day jamboree recently in the UK? Yes. That three-day jamboree, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, the coronation. Yes, sir. Yeah, so a lot of eight- and nine-year-olds right now could have been looking at that, at those two grown adults in their 70s, dressed up in Halloween gear, because that's what it looks like, wearing <laughs> the silver crown and black velvet, and just a couple hours away by car, there's a war going on with atrocities, with human misery and suffering, but these grown adults in the UK are having a three-day jamboree at a cost of uh, several hundred million dollars, as far as we know, with Katy Perry there, dressed in her high-fashion, oversized dress. The stark contrast is not missed by today's nine- and ten-year-olds. Exactly. You know, J Johnny, uh, let, me, let me interrupt you a bit. And, and first of all, I, I, I like the commentary, but I'm going to take a, a, a different, a, a slightly different, uh, uh, a different notion, even though you and I agree on the subject. And it goes this way. Um, there is no real, and, 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 and folks are going to cut me up the first, the first for the first few sentences, and then I think they are going to understand what I'm saying. There is not a lot of difference between the average Republican, the average Democrat, or the average independent. Okay, there's not a lot of difference between, and, and, but, and I, I promise you, I integrate myself with all these folks, everybody. All right. There's not a lot of difference. There's the same amount of sexism, same amount of racism, same amount of love, same amount of hate, same amount of all those things are true. But they are all triggered by these externalities of a culture that they were reared in. OK, and so I am not going to I'm not going to uh, I understand why you did it, but I'm not going to call my. Republican brothers and sisters, the ten-year-olds who are just waiting for the next thing for from uh, from Trump, because a lot of my Democratic brothers and sisters had that same look as well when Obama was the savior. Okay, they think you know, and it's all it's all a perspective kind of a thing. So what I try to do, Johnny, is the following: you you had the answer right there. Even as you use a 10-year-old, in my opinion, in a 10-year-old comparison, what you said was, how do we reach them? And that is the magic. I wasn't, I'm not saying, how do we reach the 10-year-old? I'm saying, how do I reach my Republican right-wing brothers and sisters? How do I reach them? And, you know, uh, go, go ahead. Uh, you can, go ahead. And what I would say to you is, let me clarify what I mean by this. I don't yes. mean that we should talk to our fellow voters as 10-year-olds. I'm saying we need to put ourselves back in the mindset of when we were that age. To and see the world. Exactly. And that's why I said you and I agree. And I wanted to put it in other terms. Because once you said that 10-year, <laughs> this is what I also learned, brother. Once you say that 10-year-old, you've, you've, you've then immediately lost the person you've called a 10 year old because they're not listening to you anymore. <laughs> that's what, that's the reason I said that. Right. So my goal is this, like I, I, I tell you a quick story, Johnny and anybody listening, please call 713-526-5738 extension one for a contribution. I don't see a contribution in there yet. Remember $250. I'll take you to coffee. We'll sit down and just like I'm talking to Johnny here, whatever, we'll talk, whatever you want to talk about a hundred dollars for a t-shirt. With the politics done right insignia on it, as well as a KPFT insignia on it, our a forty dollar contribution to become a voting member of the Pacifica Network, or whatever you can give, but just call seven one three five two six five seven three eight extension number one to contribute. If I see that if you give something now, pop up on the screen that I can thank you. Numero dos, uh, if you can hit number two if you want to be on air. Lastly, but not leastly. 
Um, uh, please remember that this is your show. You can go to kpft.org and contribute as well. And just remember to hit the number. Uh, uh, hit, let's say that the contribution is in the name of Politics Done Right. Okay, Johnny, um, uh, so, let me just go ahead. Yeah, uh, I like the idea of your premium where you sit down with someone with a coffee for a certain level of premium. Here's another idea. Here's another iteration of that. Okay. I think it would be worthwhile to have for even a slightly higher premium paid that they could sit down with you and Brad at a coffee shop. If you could convince him, I'm sure he would love to show up. Oh, wow. That's a good idea. Maybe I should contact Brad and, I mean, Brad and see if we can arrange something like that. That would be great. But hey, Johnny... Go ahead. You're welcome. I'm a lib, and libs are open-minded. I didn't call you a ten-year-old. I said you're worthy of a conversation with Roberto and another adult who might be a lib. Thank you, brother. Hey, let me go ahead and get to the other caller, John. You know, you you know, you're my guy. Thank you so kindly for calling in, brother. Yeah. One, oh, one last thing to verify what you said about Democrats. Yes, sir. Uh, I. I did notice that one time when Barack Obama had just been uh, elected president, and they the news went to a young black girl, I believe, and she was saying all kinds of stuff that was, you know, all this hyperbole. And uh -huh. you can understand that from a 10-year-old point of view, but I put myself in the, in the frame of a white racist adult watching this little black girl speak like that, and it seemed laughable. And so, yeah, there is some of that on the left side, but right. it doesn't come exactly precisely what we see on the right got you brother got you brother yeah well when if if you are gullible on the on the right side you're right it is a dangerous but anyway we'll talk we'll continue this discussion you know we're every day at six in the morning so thank you so kindly brother let's go to da vinci da vinci your hat hey Hey, um, man, I, I really like that $250 thing uh, that, that I'm going to do, uh, but I can't do it till Monday. That's but, uh, fine. Please. We'll be here every day. You do it and we'll go out to lunch, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, this is my take on the whole thing. Um, the fact of the matter is that the real issue is not just money, but the, the system of money that we have developed ever since the central banking cartels took over uh, and, and with all this fractional reserve lending. And so all the things that we struggle with in society, we frame our opinions based on two different philosophies. You have the, the free market uh, philosophy, freedom-based, and, and a lot of times that falls further to the right. And then you have the, the, the uh, centralized power, tax more, redistribute the wealth through programs to support the, the people that are most affected by our corrupt money system. But the, the reality of it is, you know, and, and this is why I lean more to the right. The reality is giving more power to a centralized corrupt system is definitely not going to be the answer long term. And so uh, as a result of that, I always lean to the right towards more free market based societies. But at the end of the day, what you see what you see going on right now with BRICS, uh, with Russia, with all, and what's great is uh, Texas applied um, to have their own gold-backed currency. What we're seeing right now is the destruction of the SWIFT system, the destruction of NATO, the destruction of the corrupt United States central banking system that has plagued our earth for uh, almost 100 years or plus. Um, and so the good news is, in my opinion, we're right around the corner from from overthrowing that system. Now, I say all that um, uh, to 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 point out that a lot of times we're 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 fighting about two different philosophies that neither one is really the fix to the system. Wow. Oh, God. Let me. Wow. Wow. I, I want to interrupt you right there to just give you a pat on the back for just that last statement. 
neither of these systems that 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 you're articulating is the answer let me let me give a little caveat here you talk about the fractional banking system we have a fractional banking system that in fact is also private it's in the free market right the our banking system is not by the federal government but by the private sector numero dos is you also uh, when you talk about um uh the leaning to the right when when we go out and have some coffee uh, I think we are going to come to some other consensus on that because here's the issue, right? Free markets are great where free markets belong and a, a market governed more, more centralized for the welfare of all is good where that belongs. As an example, uh, uh, let's, let's say uh, you, you, you shouldn't be dependent on the free market for things that you have to have because that then becomes a monopoly. But anyway, continue. I just wanted to put that in there because that last statement that you said just hit me. And it's like, if we could get more people to think that way would be great, brother. Continue, Da Vinci. Yeah, yeah you know, it's funny because there's a book, The Road to Serfdom, and it's a great book. Uh, but in that book, they basically say there is no perfect system. And the best system is going to be a blend of both. And, and to that point, you know, uh, I struggle with the health care. Uh, I definitely feel like everyone should have health care. But, you know, especially after this last pandemic where they're trying to shove down uh, 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 a shot with no label that we don't even know what's in it. Tell us we can't buy, sell or trade without it. It's, those are the things about centralized health care that, that scare me. So, again, uh, I want to I want to expound on. We have to, my opinion, we have to maintain our philosophy from a freedom-based mindset, but we have to also acknowledge that what the 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 central banks and really they're they're hand in hand with the corporatism that we have uh, in today's world. Um, so they play off each other. Um, but what we have to address is is the the money system. And then the other thing. Okay, so this is what I struggle with because yes, so the freedom based system pretty much pushes me to the right. But the other thing, I mean, when you look at where our social uh, where our where our culture is going. We are allowing five-year-old kids, not necessarily in Texas, I don't know yet, or thank God, uh, I haven't heard. But anyway, we're letting five-year-old kids decide to mutilate their biological, natural, uh, reproductive system. Brother Da Vinci, let me, let me stop you there because this is going to get into a long conversation and I only have like five minutes. So let me just tell you this. Yeah, yeah. I want okay, you to – no, I but here's this. I need you to keep listening and calling in because here's the deal. There are a lot of things that I see that you've said that it's, it, it shows me where your, where, where your mainstream of information is coming from. And what I tell folks, if you heard me talk to Johnny, what I tell folks why I respect everybody on all sides of the aisle is because a lot of times we are victim of the sources of, or what I call the, our own externalities. We are victims of what of of where we get our information or the information that we currently respect and only through dialogue and and talking among folks can people say oh i should have thought about this or i should have thought about that so i'm going to leave you here right now with just this statement saying keep listening go ahead go ahead yeah just one last thing uh just uh well uh, so yeah, real quick, brother. On, on, yeah, real quick. On that note, whenever I argue with Republican people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they just uh, they want more money for their programs and all this," and the reality of it is, you can't be uh, you can't be an uh, that's okay. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I lost my train of thought. No, I, I, that happened. Hey, it happens to all of us. So think about when it happens to you and you're on air, man. It's like, oh God, I can't believe this yeah, happened to good. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let me just say one thing before you go. And this is important, right? Because I, I and I want you to, I want you to smoke this until you call me back at another day when we're doing the show. You said you believe in freedom. What's your name, by the way? Egberto Willis. Okay. All right. Here's the deal, brother. Listen, listen to this real quickly. Remember, you spoke about freedom. How free can you be if you don't have health care? How free can you be if you don't have uh, child care so that you can be free to do what you need to do? I want all of us to think about those issues when we talk about freedom. So we talk about that the next time, brother. You have a great day, Da Vinci.
Hello? Okay. I think he's he's already gone. All right. On on the we have uh Neo Max who says for someone who is on the right, he sure sounds like a Soviet with the anti-Swift anti-NATO talk. I don't think he did, uh Neo Maxim. Like I said, I think it's it's the source of information. And if you if you listen to our good friend who's on the chat right now, Daniel Lado, same with, with, with Daniel. I, I don't Daniel is, you know, Daniel portrays a lot of what the information or where the information that he gets. Anyway, folks, I only have about three minutes left on this program, and I need to ask you to call 713-526-5738. Now just hit option one and contribute to the show. Uh, when it pops up on the screen that you've supplied uh, or provided us with a contribution to keep this program on air, I will call you out. But until then, uh, th there are two subjects that I needed to cover that I didn't cover today. You can always find it on the newsletter at, K at uh, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Uh, we were to cover three subjects. But again, with these great calls from you great people, uh, I, you, know, you always take precedence over, over whatever I had planned to talk about. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Eric says you get yours from MSNBC and CNN. That's not true, Eric. I listen to ABC, CBS, MSNBC, Fox. I listen to them all. And I use them not to just to propagate what they say. Even, even as I put out stuff from MSNBC or CNN, I am there to give a narration many times, adding to it or subtracting from it, because I think a lot of times they don't get it the way many folks should be getting it. So anyhow... Um, what I want to ask again, call 713-526-5738, extension numero uno to contribute to the program. Please remember to tell them you're contributing to Politics and Right. And uh, you can also go to kpft.org, kpft.org, select, uh, uh, click the donate button and remember to select Politics and Right as a show you are supporting. $100 gives you a t-shirt from uh, KPFT with the Politics and Right insignia and the KPFT insignia. $40 makes you a voting member of uh, both KPFT as well as the Pacifica Network. And $250 or more, we go out and get some coffee and sit down and have honest conversation on whatever you want to talk about. And I guarantee you, it will always be a pleasurable conversation, whether we agree or not. 713-526-5738, extension number one, or kpft.org. Anyway, I know I got to get out of here in the next 30 seconds or so. So I want to just tell you, Thank you so kindly for being a part of the Politics Done Right family. My name is Egberto Willis. You know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! <laughs>